Welcome to the Alan Fitch Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Fitch, and today I'm joined by the amazing Rich Huggan. He's the managing director of Hitmarker, basically the place you go if you want or need a job in esports. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Rich. No problem. It's uh, a nice break from the usual day to day. Very good. So um, I'm going to start out saying I've got a, th- a three-pronged question because I don't like to oh. do things simple here. How, <laughs> when, and why did Hitmarker start? Uh, yeah, it's good. It's a story I've told a few times. I'll keep it as brief as I can for you so people aren't bored by it. But my brother, who I, I mean, you told me it was a one on one podcast, so he couldn't have come on anyway. And then when I mentioned allowed, it, yeah. it, he was like, I don't want to do a podcast. So uh, it's, uh, he founded the company. He's been in esports for as long as I can remember him, kind of being old enough to have his own console. He's been gaming for a long time. Um, but he also did a lot of work in traditional sports, building websites and different things here and there. Um, he was building a website for a sports company, so it would have jobs on there like basketball coach, football coach, analyst, all that kind of stuff. And this was 2017, and he kind of realized that there was enough jobs appearing around the space, like paid jobs, legitimate careers popping up. And um, he thought this would probably be something that esports could do with. Uh, I think he had a look around the space and saw that there were a few people kind of in the early stages of doing the same kind of thing already. Yeah. Um, probably not doing a brilliant job of it if i'm being totally honest i, I agree and still not to this day but they're still hanging on in there somehow um so the idea was kind of let's start this thing up let's run it as a hobby because obviously he was passionate about the space he got people to join to help them out who he'd known from way back on like game battles and um, the eue sports forum that he built in the early 2010s i think mm-hmm. um so it was built by gamers and people who predominantly came from like the FPS scene. I think they all started out on SOCOM and SOCOM 2 and then uh, moved over to Call of Duty when that franchise kind of shot itself in the foot. Um, and they all worked together to build this thing and they were just doing it outside of normal hours, like working full-time jobs and trying to run the jobs board as an addition. Um, it was hard, I think, to try and fit all of that in um, and to try and do a good job of it. But as things grew and like companies were signing up, like people signed up, big some big names signed up really early, and that kind of gave him the indication that there might be an actual demand, and like longer term, it could turn into a business. Yeah. Um, we didn't expect it to be a business as quickly as it has become a business, but that was when he gave me a call. I was down in London at the time. Um, oh, the connection. From stats and football and different sports. Um, and he was persistent with it for quite a few months saying like, this is a serious concept that we've got. The website's good. People seem to like the brand, um, but we're struggling to kind of, um, organize it and to get staff and to really run it as a proper business with people working on it full time. Um, that went on from about June or July of 2017. And by November of that year, I'd resolved to kind of move back up to Newcastle from London, um, just to come back and start things. And I think like within a month after that, that was probably when me and you have a conversation, I would guess. Yeah. So I would say most people um, that know me and know Hitmarker don't know kind of where I think where things started in that sense is like the, the friendship and relationships. If, if we can, am I right to call you a friend? Is that right? Or am I just someone you put up with? It's an acquaintance. We're acquaintances. Okay. okay. Understood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I can't remember exactly how the conversation started, but it got to the point where, I believe you were, you had content in mind early on, and I myself was kind of looking to make esports content, esports writing a, a full time thing. So the conversations that that were had there, but it just it turned out like my one million per year salary wasn't achievable at that point. So so we never went forward. But so I've been a, um, aware of yourself since I guess very early twenty eighteen when when things started to. I don't know the exact point in which things kind of took off, if you would even describe it as that, but it seems like yeah. ever since then it's been like a steady but like a consistent and good growth for, yeah. for Hitmarker. So um, you've recently come off of um, a, a good crowdfunding campaign, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to get the numbers wrong. I'm going to try it. No, no, nothing in front of me. I'm going to try it, right? So you were looking to raise £80,000 in 30 days and you, yeah. you raised £200,000 in six days. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, realistically, if we'd only raised 80 and before we started like, the campaign, we were kind of nervous about even hitting that. Mm-hmm. If we'd only raised 80, it's questionable whether it would have been enough to really make a big difference. We probably wouldn't have been able to go out and hire all the people that we needed to uh, to really push on next year. 
Um, so, but 200 has always looked at as kind of being like outlandish and if we hit that amount then we'll be in a really good position because we'll be able to hire everybody that we need, spend a lot more on yeah. getting to events and like going and shaking hands and kissing babies and doing all that stuff that you still need to do in esports to kind of build your network up. Um, so yeah, it was amazing. Uh, we basically had a, I mean, Crowdcube, who we did the raise with, have got like a very good onboarding process where they don't kind of hide anything from you at all. To even get through to speak to one of their advisors, you have to answer a series of questions, and it's about like the the business plan, uh, the social media following, and the amount of users that you have. If you have any uh, investors lined up, that can like that. So you're basically starting from a cornerstone of money, which is what they call it. Um, and unless you can answer, I think it's four out of five or three out of four of those questions very positively with like an absolute definitive yes, then they would they advise you on their website that you probably aren't ready for crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, so we went through all of that. I think feasibly out of the questions that we got asked, we were very confident on three of them. Um, the fourth one was more about kind of like investors that we had lined up because we, we don't know, we don't really know anybody with money. Um, we didn't have any favors that we could call in. So that was the one we were always concerned about. Um, but what happened was when we went live, after it was a few months of preparing everything, it, it, we had a total marketing battle plan kind of set out in kind of like, let's try to get here by week one. And then, then we'll have a whole lot of new content to go out in week two. Um, week three was something different again. And we knew that as time goes on, you're exhausting your audience. People are getting sick of seeing you talking about crowdfunding and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So then week four was like, that'll be us calling around everybody we know has got a spare hundred quid and begging them to invest in Hitlock. Um, so thankfully it never got to that stage. Um, but it, I mean, I think we made it look quite easy from the outside looking in, if that's not arrogant to say, but yeah, what true. I'm trying to get at, what I'm trying to get at it is that it was, it was not easy. It took a hell of a lot of preparation. The video took a long time to make the business plan took even longer to make. And those numbers were worked on by people, um, who know what they're talking about and could have kind of give us some guidance. Um, and it was extremely stressful. It's still stressful now. I think they're just taking the payments today. It's been really slow after we closed three weeks ago, yeah. um, which we're a bit pissed off about, to be totally honest with you, because that gives people time to drop out and to cancel. Um, it gives crowd, they might see something else on Crowdcube that looks like a much safer bet. And if you've only got £100 or £250 to invest in any given month, then you can quite easily cancel that investment and move it over to something else. So, of course. Oh, God. It's still going up. Fair play. I will I will just alert you to the fact that we do seem to be having problems with Discord, but, I mean, we will we'll go on. It's only happened twice, and, I mean, we're about eight minutes in. We'll, we'll just rock with it because it only happens for a few seconds. You sure? Yeah, of course. So if people are listening to this and don't like it, then, I mean, just listen through because it's worthwhile, uh, honestly. So, yeah, so with... You're going to be um, doubling your your workforce, right? From yeah. five five to ten, right? Yeah. And you're so, also um, today, going to attack the games industry as well. Yeah. So today, um, that's what we've been doing today. So, been trying to get those job descriptions written up. And I think an important thing when it comes to us advertising jobs, uh, we're in quite a delicate position, kind of being the uh, the jobs board in esports. So we need to make sure that our job ad is like as good as anyone else on the website, just in terms of content. Yeah. We try and be very open about like what people will get paid, what not fortunately if you've gone up on our website, it's rare that you'll find jobs that tell you the like the salary, the hourly rate, the amount of hours that you're expected to work each week. Yeah. Um we're trying to be upfront about all that. We try and pay everyone the same, which is quite a unique concept. Uh, so we don't have like a hierarchy in terms of our pay structure. Um, we don't pay particularly well, and I, I would love to pay more, but, but what we're going to do next year and what the investments allowed us to do with the new people that come in and all the existing staff we have and any contractors that we have is that from next year we'll be able to pay the real living wage rather than the government minimum wage as it is here in the UK. Right. Um, so just to give you an idea, in the UK here, for anybody listening outside of the country, I think it's £8.21 per hour. For anybody who's age 25 or over, that's classed as the national minimum wage, so it rounds out about $10 an hour at the moment. Um, the living wage, which just went up on the, the week that we finished the crowdfunding, is £9.30 per hour, uh, regardless of age, regardless of whether you're full-time, part-time, or freelance. Um, so that's what we're going to be able to offer to people in year one. Um, and then it's kind of incentivizing people that 
to say like if you do a full year of good service which the three guys that we've hired so far have done um we'll reward you with a decent pay rise you'll get some equity in the company and hopefully you will be able to promote you so you've got a role where you're kind of managing people or leading the team instead of just doing the same thing day in day out so yeah, yeah. Uh, I, will, I will just say going into the games industry like um i get if I was in there, they'd be they'd be classed as my peers, right? So these games journalists, yeah. I just I just say be careful of those because even if like I I know what some of them are like, and they would probably if if there was a a job listing that wasn't um, satisfactory, right? That ended up on Hitmarker, they yeah. would try and twist that either through not understanding or just them being dickheads. I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them <laughs> would twist that and somehow come out against you guys, you know, and and yeah. and they've all got massive voices in games, so. I don't know. I'd be careful of that, but I'm sure you do. Whatever. You guys do things properly, obviously. So yeah, it happens already. And like I said, I think for us, all the roles I should say as well. Everyone that will hire, I mean, we could end up with people of any age. But the one thing that we do as well is that we don't have any experience for requirements on the roles because, depending on what you read and like who you follow in the general recruitment space, like even putting years of experience required on a job description could be seen as being discriminatory. Uh, discriminatory, sorry. Right. Um, which like just off the cuff you wouldn't necessarily think that's discrimination but if you're saying somebody can't apply for a specific role just because they were born a bit earlier than somebody else we personally don't believe that's the best way of kind of measuring people's ability to do a certain job okay. um, especially not the jobs we're hiring for which are kind of running a social media account um, customer support kind of stuff uh, managing the content on the website it can pretty much be done by um, anybody who's yeah well come on <laughs> I'm not it's, calling Cam a monkey or anything, right? But I'm not not calling him one. It's hard. It's surprisingly <laughs> tricky. So we, we've hired like um, we've tried to hire for that role a couple of times in the past, and we've gone through the whole process of trying to find people who are a good fit. And what you tend to find is that you'll either get someone who's really good at, in terms of like the data entry and the editing and all the kind of st- all the stuff that you probably have to do day to day and kind of managing entries, making sure all the, the English is correct and the format is good, which is fairly dull and fairly difficult yeah um so they're either really good at doing that or they're better at doing the social media side which again is like a big part of that job it's like you have to be able to do both um i mean our social media timelines fairly samey there's only so much you can say about jobs and like and we usually get like 50 60 70 characters left after doing all the other stuff yeah um but it's still you need to be quite creative with how you approach that and it's it's hard to find people who can do both things really well um, yeah, I, I tell you, if, if I was in your shoes, I'd be doing the most bland social posts ever. It would just be like the job title, some of the specification, like apply now if you want money. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so the fact but that you, 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 yeah, yeah. But I mean, like it also, I imagine that has to work on some level, right? But I mean, you're you're creating a a, a voice and a bit of a brand identity and such through how you say things. So I've seen some kind of zany bits and bobs from yourselves where I'm like, bloody hell, that's. That's, that's different, which is not a bad thing. I mean, it makes you stand out a bit, right? And and shows that you're putting yeah. effort in. Okay, so the, there seems to be a lot of talk about when there's like unpaid and voluntary jobs and internships and stuff right in esports. A lot of people say it's like abusing those who who potentially go for the jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do, is that a big part of the esports landscape? I, I'm not expecting you to have numbers at hand as such, but like a general insight, are there a lot of these jobs which could be um, seen as uh, abusing or taking the piss out of people? Yeah, well, less and less, but they still do exist. Um, one thing that we do quite a lot of on our kind of admin side is to reject as many as we can as long as we've got like good grounding to do so so that they don't ever see the light of day. Um, and we're lucky in that if they're not getting posted on Hitmarker these days, they're not getting seen by that many people, um, yeah. which is one of the benefits of like growing to the level that we have now. Um, I mean, day by day, I would say that we still deal with like two or three a day where it's clearly like, roles that are mislabeled or there's something that doesn't sound quite right about it um and then very occasionally it's getting less and less as well so like every few months we'll get somebody who reports that they applied for a job got the job and then it turned out to be some kind of scam i mean we had one recently whereby there was like someone offering freelance uh writing work so i'm surprised you didn't apply for that one but um, never <laughs> and then they were kind of went through the whole process got the job started writing and then basically the guy who was running the company sent them like a bunch of like fiber links and referral links to sign up to where he was just clearly using the people who he'd hired to get the job to like build up these credits on fiber and stuff like that and it's just like Jesus. there's got to be easier way is than 
posting their job description and going through and bringing because he was calling everyone up and like doing it over the telephone yeah um not to generalize but we find that anyone who's trying to do stuff over the telephone as a first port of call tends to be a bit sketchy right. um because why would you use the telephone other than sending an uh, instant yeah but this, you track it and write them um so any kids listening be mindful of anyone who's trying to get you on the telephone straight away <laughs> So I guess same goes for voice chats and things like that. It's like if there's no written record of what's being said or what's being promised, then you can probably guarantee that it's going to be an issue further down the line. So getting stuff in writing is important, even if it's just emails back and forward. Contracts are obviously hugely important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just generally away from like the bad actors, which we're talking about there, I do think in general in esports, because it's such a new scene, the salaries across the board aren't great unless you're at the top end of the scene or you're exactly. at, yeah, unless you're streaming and you've got your own revenue streams coming in through sponsorships and stuff. Yeah. Um, but that isn't just an esports thing. It's kind of, I came from another startup industry before this one, um, where people were desperate to get like really desperate at getting like me personally, I was desperate at getting so I interned for free for two years and I was just lucky that I was able to do it because I worked had other jobs on the side. So I was basically doing three jobs at once. Um, okay, no. but the two normal jobs I was doing allowed me to like be a performance analyst with a team that was in the championship um and it was i was with the first team so for me at the time when i was much more into football than i am now i absolutely loved it and i was 19 20 21 so i could do it then um there's no way that 33 year old me with a son and a wife and a house is able to intern for free anymore but as long as people are there and the demand is there and people are willing to give the time up for nothing then people are going to take advantage of that unfortunately it's not no. something that we've ever we've never asked anybody to work for free i don't believe in it um i believe in people getting paid for time that they put in but on the other hand i do see the benefit of volunteering as well um, exactly, especially yeah. at events and um, this this we see clear correlation between the people who kind of use hitmarket to find jobs and who are volunteering at physical events in particular. Uh, so I met a bunch of them at the Esports Insider event and a lot of them are like really solid candidates who are gonna go on to get really solid jobs in the industry yeah. in a lot of different fields. And I was kind of asking like, what made you volunteer here? And they were like, well, it's a chance to kind of be at an event where all the major players in the British and European scene at least are gonna be. Um, a lot of them had made business cards and stuff, which I was really impressed with. So some volunteering is really good. If you're volunteering in like a community-based org with some of your friends that you play card with or you play csgo with there's absolutely nothing wrong with that yeah, um, yeah. and if you're then trying to grow that by posting roles and by being upfront about it and being like look i'm just a bedroom org i'm trying to build something we'll try and get teams that go to events um, but you've got to understand that me as the owner i don't take anything i probably put money in if anything else um, yeah. and everyone's just doing it to be part of a community or part of something else then I find it really, really hard to criticize those kind of guys as well, to be honest, because that's just building a community around something ultimately. Yeah, well, I mean, so I I have less of a problem, like, internally, like, with people who create, say, their own blog or something, right, and then they want to pour in hours yeah. upon hours and upon hours on a consistent basis. They're not going to get anything back out of it besides experience, which is obviously incredibly valuable anyway. But I've got less of a problem with that than, than perhaps people with a ridiculous amount of money mm -hmm. who are still taking on people and not paying them, you know? And it, so, yeah. so like, for, for example, before I, I was in esports, I started my own kind of blog. It was on comic books and shit, some other nerdy stuff. And I did that. I, I don't know how many hours, maybe six hours a day, but I was working a full-time job as well. Right. Never, never really got paid off of it. Maybe made like a couple of quid on AdSense or something, mm -hmm. but, um, that, that there, that, that was my own choice to do. So it wasn't anyone else, quote unquote hiring me for, for, for nothing right and yeah. and it did help me down the line so I, i've got kind of a maybe maybe that's just because it's worked for me i think it's fine for other people i, I hope it's not that I, i'd like yeah. to think it just feels a bit less sketchy if you're yourself choosing to do it and, and it's for yourself you know what i mean you're not like you're not helping someone else achieve their dreams when not getting paid for it you know yeah but on the other hand like so Take us as like a really small example of a company that has been totally self-funded and start up until you go and raise money and you, you've got investors. It's not like you've got one big investor who owns a massive portion of the company. Yeah. But we are now accountable to anybody who put their hand in the pocket and has invested in Hitmarker. 
So instantly, there starts to become like a budgetary pressure there, whereby every decision we take from now on, I have to think about the bottom line and generating revenue and all that kind of stuff and making sure that the people who've invested get a chance of a return on their investment long term. Yeah, It's never something I've had to worry about before. Um, so I do... I hate, absolutely hate it as well when I see some of the biggest companies, like the very, very biggest who are posting unpaid internships, which I find, I just find incredible when you see the, the revenues that companies yeah. um, And the companies, there's like a trend in the US in particular at the moment that I'm noticing where a lot of the roles are becoming like freelance temp to hire roles instead of just being full-time Right. salary rolls from the off and obviously the benefits to the company there is that they don't pay they don't pay for time off they're not accountable if you have to take sick leave you've got no yeah. rights basically as a freelance contractor but you're yeah. still i bet you're still in that office the same as anybody who's a full-time employee um but while that's in my opinion is it's i wouldn't say sketchy but it's bad form it's not looking after your employees it's not looking after people who work for you I do understand that they've probably got investors, serious investors and people who expect dividends and stuff like that, who are saying to them, look, we've wasted so much money on hiring. Like you've so many people have come and they haven't been the right fit or whatever. And then you have to pay to get, get rid of them or get them out of the company. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's yeah. So the th maybe that's the about how esports has grown though. It's kind of like, it might not have that, for us, this is becoming kind of a, a little problem on a small scale, even now when we're still such a small company. When you get to that other end of the scale, I do understand the kind of economic and financial pressures that those companies are put under, but yeah. it doesn't lead to a good look. And especially when the majority of people who follow those companies are really young, really impressionable and have really strong opinions on everything. Um, it typically leads to that company getting a really shitty reputation. Um, until it's forgotten about a few months down the line. That's yeah. Well, I mean, also on like the flip side of like the whole not getting paid thing, there are people in esports, right? Who I know, I know it's not a shit ton of money, right? But it's like as a, as a writer, I'm thinking of who I'm, I'm not gonna bully, but like <laughs> I I know how much they get paid, right? And yeah. they are shit. Like I'm not I'm not just saying that. Like literally bad. Like doesn't understand punctuation, like, can't string words together, like, the subjects are absolute bollocks, it's all just SEO, absolute shite, and, like, he's getting paid a very good wage, and it's just, like, there's people who are, like, m more able to do that to do that job better, who are probably doing it for free, like, volunteering for Esports News UK or something right now, you know, or as people mm -hmm. almost, like, almost full-time, but need, like, one more job to, to get there, because they're working freelance for a bunch of sites, and, yeah. and there's this absolute dead weight just taking up space, you know, and it's, it frustrates me. Obviously, I've obviously just got a, per, uh, um, a personal thing against this guy. But, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's definitely happening elsewhere where people are um, definitely not suitable for the job um, mm. or qualified or, or really have the experience to, to get it done. But, I mean, it's... It's hard to say. So some some companies hire based on like esports experience. Like you need to have been in esports for three years. I, I don't. Obviously, it's good to have an understanding of the industry, but you you can you can work on that and learn it. I actually think we need people who are experienced outside of the industry to come in who are already skilled. That goes all the way from journalists up to people who are running companies. You know, I mean, uh, down to well, any anybody. Like we need more more experienced people from the ground up in my opinion and not not just going all right well you played cod seven years ago so you've got seven years experience in esports it's like yeah but that doesn't qualify them to be a biz dev executive or anything you know uh, yeah, there's a problem think, there yeah but that's kind of what we're seeing and again that's not just happening in our scene that's no, stuff that i've seen in multiple other industries before i joined this one like i was late into the scene i've always i've played games for as long as i can remember like but yeah, i've been a gamer i would never consider myself an esports person i probably would now after two years of working on it day, day in day out yeah um but i was someone from outside who came into the space as a casual gamer who i'd always known about esports and the scene through phil because uh, he was just constantly telling me about it and he was traveling to events and all that good stuff um but you're right but that's the pattern that we're seeing more and more now so i've mentioned it on the social media accounts a few times but it's like last year in particular it's like we help so many people on DMs, emails, live chat, who just are like, I'm at school or I'm in high school, I'm in college, I've just graduated. I love esports. I like, I love Cloud9 or I love TSM or I love Liquid, etc., etc. And I really want to work in the industry, but I've literally got no experience. I don't really have any relevant skills. How do I get started? And for us, that was like a typical multiple times a day. I mean, I remember you complaining about it a little bit last year on Twitter. Me complaining. Um, no. It was saying that um, like 
but a lot of kids, I do understand that their culture now, and it's not my generation, it's not even close to being my generation, I think I'm too removed from that now, unfortunately, but um, kids go on Twitter or social media and they're just kind of like, where do I find a job in esports, or how do I yeah. get a job yeah. in esports? Get fucked, look for one man, there's a platform that's literally got it now, if you're not yeah, good enough, like... don't get. The, don't even go for the job if you're not good enough, Like it makes no sense, it's, it's yeah, such a lack but... of initiative, because you could just go on Google, type anything and find it out right, so they just go on Twitter and they're like, Oh yeah, uh, oh, if you want to hire me, do, uh, no one's going to go on Twitter and go, oh, I want to hire this person. That Fucking apply Google, for that it. Is there Google no, thing? grow up. We are so old. Uh, no, no. Google? No, like, uh, it's them being, them being naive pricks, man, entitled knobheads, instead of going, okay, well, like, if you search esports jobs, Hit Marker will come up, hopefully right at the top, but if not very close no, at the top, I right? Think it, I think it does now. It okay, a long battle, how a long fucking hard is that? Google, how do I get an esports job? You probably have an advice piece on that, like, it's, it's all laid out for you, and if, Adam, you, if Adam, you're answering Adam. your own question, if you don't have the skills or the experience to do it, then you don't get the fucking job, simple as. People, literally, nah, it's not just, right. People don't know how to use Hitmarker functionally. Or the brain. No, no, but this is what I'm saying. It's like we come from a generation where like Google was an absolute stable. Jobs boards, you've probably been where I was. If you were ever looking for a job, you always knew you had to go at least online. I mean, I used to read the bloody newspapers to try and find roles when I was right. first started. <laughs> and that's how old I am. Um, but it's kind of like the kids these days, they come on a Hitmarker and we literally get asked still quite regularly, like, how do I use the website? And it's like, fuck. And at, and at the beginning, I was exactly like you. I was like, Jesus Christ, kids these days are fucking stupid. But then I think about it, and I'm like, if I was 16, 17, 18, and I'd spent my whole life watching Twitch or being on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok now, um, I might not know how to use a jobs website, and I might not nah. have been taught it in school, nah, or I nah, might not nah, have nah, a family nah. member who's taught me how to do it. No, they're growing up using websites, using the internet every day, That's from being point. two on an iPad playing Candy Crush or whatever, right? There's no excuse. They know how to navigate websites. They're just lazy and want people to do it for them. Or, or well, they're just saying that they don't know how to use it, but they do. All that happens is that we have to kind of baby them through and be like, Yeah, I'd, I'd say fuck website. off. Do you want to hire me? That's like, why yeah, that's why we bullet back when you said... Because I, mean, I would sort them out real time, right? You'd, like, well, the, the amount of people... Imagine where we would be now if you'd been saying this... Oh, you, you'd be, oh mate, uh, you'd be the biggest company in esports. I'll tell you that. Crowdfunding, it would be two hundred fifty mil. So. I think if if you if you'd been our first drop point of contact for these poor young souls who are just looking no. to make their way in, stop babying them. Semen. Stop babying them, right? They're, they're entitled pricks, right? Simple as. And I mean, <sighs> if, if you're applying for jobs, if you're emailing people and 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 cold emailing and getting in touch with people and, and building a network and you do have skills, and then you also tweet saying, oh, by the way, there's like another avenue for like yeah i'm available and then fair enough but it's the it's the people who think that they're so good that they can just tweet out and say yeah hi me i'm free i'm i've been writing for six months yeah but how's your writing like there's, there's no link to a cv here or anything like that who's gonna dm you and just offer you a fucking 30 grand job absolutely nobody and if they do they're a dumb company as well like so no yeah, I've, I've got i've got a lot less sympathy for you on uh, than you have uh, for them, for those kind of people. I just think that life will ca- life will catch up with people like that anyway. They don't need us being pricks about it as well. We can try. That. Part of the reason why I think mostly you won't find a bad word about Hitmarker is because even though I might think what you think sometimes, it's kind of like we have to give you have to give everyone a chance. There's certain people like that are beyond saving. They have a chance by using the website. You're too nice. I mean, I understand what you what you do, and you have to do it that way, right? Like going my approach is not is not going to win people over, but I don't want them people anyway. You know what I mean? Like if if you don't know how to use a fucking website, then I'm not hiring you as my social media specialist. You can get the yeah. fuck out of here. Like no, so I'm I don't know. Now I'm angry. Now I'm gonna like put, yeah, put you on monitor or something. Oh, this is like the first episode which I've been a bit angry. It's it's about time well, though, it right? It is quite controversial. Well, I mean, if you think about it though. We're in a really new industry still. Um, we've got a massive like generational clash going on. There is a lot of gatekeeping. The kind of I was getting into this what we were kind of speaking about originally. People like the guy that you mentioned or the girl that you mentioned. That happens in every walk of life. But my belief, and I might be too much of an idealist, but people like that will get found out eventually because you can't coast along forever. Because either the company you work for will pay for you in the long run and they'll suffer because of having someone subpar on staff. Or you'll eventually end up with a manager who actually knows what to do and who'll be like, fucking hell, this guy or girl can't 
do what I thought they could do. Right. Um, they're not representing our company or our brand at, at, to the best of the, the ability. And there's hundreds and hundreds of other people around the world who we could get who could do a better job. Yeah. And sometimes it's it's those managers or the people running the companies that just need to have some visibility. It's like, we can do that and we have got rid of people because they haven't been able to do what they needed to do. Yeah. Um, but that's only because there's like six, seven, at the most we've had eight at one point working. So me and Phil, who the decision comes back to, we kind of see what everyone's doing. As companies get bigger and bigger, you can get more people who can hide in plain sight and can kind of get away with being a bit of a liability. Yeah. Because um, there's no accountability. And like accountability generally is a thing that we're massive into. Um, Same. I think it's like esports in general is lacking that a little bit. And um, until what you, what you said happens, and it is happening, but it could do with happening a little bit faster, and the gatekeeping element of it dies down a little bit and we do realize that there are people outside of the space who might not necessarily be gamers or might not necessarily know anything about esports but who if brought in alongside people who have that kind of knowledge um i might be thinking and i might be speaking out of turn because i don't know any of the guys personally but 100 thieves in general have kind of had a really good core group of management and leadership who obviously know the competitive COD scene on the other scenes inside out. Right. They seem to have augmented their team with people who've got excellent skills in other areas who yeah. might have only had a little bit of experience in esports and gaming. Yeah. Um, look at what they're doing. Look at what they'll do this year. Um, I, I think that's the way forward for a lot of people. If you've got the budget to go out and get people who've got proven track, especially in tech and sport and entertainment and a lot of the, like the I, I nearly said verticals. I, des- I desperately Ooh. try not to drop shitty buzzwords. Let's like do that. buzzword bingo in here. Let's talk <sighs> about some synergy, right? Some high-level synergy. You can tell I've been speaking with investors lately. Well, you, um, you've got your black shirt on as well, looking fancy. I thought you've been in a big meeting today or something. Nah, this is just for you, mate. Oh, um, bloody hell. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing my well. orange my orange shirt today just for you mate so there we go (laughs) but yeah so you are right we need more people coming in from outside and i do think in the long term that'll benefit but what we need possibly a bit less of are people from the outside coming in with serious serious responsibility who clearly don't understand space and then they're the people that'll be hiring the shit people that you kind of touched on and talked about yeah yeah. I think at top you do need some core esports and gaming knowledge. And I think like Nate Shot, like I said, has kind of shown I mean, that guy, that guy. I mean, he's starting from a high base, right, with his popularity and his and the uh the track he built up in the space, but he's I just think they are such a model to follow. I, th- um, I think what he's done amazing. though, he's surrounded himself with like incredible people and he's obviously he's got he's got say in what goes on right but i think john robinson is like massively uncredited the president and um mm-hmm. there's jackson as well and then it's blake robbins like uh, and they've brought in doug barber to handle the the whole uh, apparel side of things like yeah. I, as you say they're doing they're doing great there and that even like their content team is incredible like they've got logan and uh, I can't mm-hmm. even remember all of the names. It's just they're built out quite quickly. Seemingly, it seems quite quickly, but they've been around for about two years now, right? I think they celebrated yeah. anniversary the other day. I agree. They're kind of the benchmark for me at the moment. Though, of course, things can always be better. And, and yeah, in hopefully... terms of just starting up from nothing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And in terms of starting from nothing and kind of becoming an esports team, as well as having other arms to the business that are clearly massively profitable and ma- massively beneficial to them as a brand. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great way of doing it. Unfortunately, as a job sport, I doubt we could start selling merch at the levels that those guys are. Um, oh, you could. Not so, maybe not yeah, close. Very great. close, though, right? If you if you did a hit marker dad hat and I wore it on a podcast, right? We'll do what it. What was we'll... that drop last week? Well, how long did that take to go? What's that? I think it was minutes, wasn't it? The last the cream hoodies were back on. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Well, well, like the website went went naff and then there was a whole like stocking issue and stuff so it didn't go yeah. too smoothly but like, yeah when nice i have problem to have yeah. oh without a doubt when i when i bought um something from hundred thieves that the line lasted for about four or five minutes i think yeah it was it's just it's outrageous but that's the whole like de- like demand demand right like they're building up the demand for it but then next year they're doing the whole storefront thing and i think there'll yeah. be standard stuff available at all times maybe maybe not even online but i mean yeah I see what they're doing, and I'm like, okay, we need more of that because it's obviously it's working, you know. Yeah, so, and that's good for the whole space just oh, to kind of tie everything up. It's like when that is kind of being seen as the forefront of the industry, 
and I guess like they'll be used in so many pitch decks and stuff now just because of how well they've done across the board. Yeah. That massively benefits us because it's those guys and it's popularity of games like Fortnite and other games that have kind of blown up in the last 12 months, whether you love them or hate them. Th- those are bringing eyes to esports. That's what's going to bring in the qualified professionals to esports because they kind of yeah. see it as a legitimate thing. I mean, day by day, I'm guessing you do the same. I'm still having to explain what the scene is to more or less every person that I meet that doesn't come from inside the space already. So. Yeah, basically, almost everybody. Yeah, I just tend yeah. to just say gaming. That I work in gaming, and that's it. It's just easier because I go, "What people watch? People watch people play video." I'm like, "Yes, well, people watch people play football." Like, I, I don't see what the fucking difference is, you know. So I've got a question that I know you'll hate answering, and you probably won't, uh-huh. but I'm going to ask it anyway. Like, why do so many people fail upwards in esports? It might be because um... it fucking happens a lot. And it don't get said a lot of the time in public, but yeah. so often it happens, man. But is it? I think it's because ultimately, and it still is to this day, it's like such a small scene comparatively. Like we were at the Esports Awards um, earlier this month, and you kind of we felt like massive outsiders there because we didn't really know anyone except the Deserto guys. Um, and it was clear that everyone, like a lot of people in the room, clearly knew each other, went back a long way. There was yeah. a lot of like uh, intermingling going on, and. Again, that's prevalent in every industry, but the smaller the industry is and the more that a certain group of people have been at the forefront of that industry for as long as they have, they're always going to have the best contacts, the people who've got the jobs available. They'll always look out for each other. It's like human nature as much as anything, so I kind of find it hard hard to criticize as well. But I think... that's That would be my answer. I do kind of see it happening, not not as much as you do. but I have seen it happen. I've wondered how people have ended up where they've ended up after what the what their output has been prior yeah. to that. Um, and it will come down to network. Network is still massively important. I think like you might have just realised that in the last six months or so. Um, and you should probably speak to your own experience because you're like as anti playing the game as I could pro- probably think of many other people in the space being. Okay. But even you reached a point recently, if I remember rightly, where it's like. All right, I'm getting all this work, building the name, starting to kind of do some serious investigative journalism. That's getting recognised, but you are still lacking. That's probably why you're doing the podcast. And it's like it's personal branding. It's building your network. And fair play to those guys that were here from the beginning. They've built a network. They'll be set for life because of it. And it's yeah. hard for me to criticise because that's micro politics in action baby that's what i studied yeah. at university and oh, well. that's people who just know how to play the game and yeah i can't can't really deny them no, no you were right with your assessment of me by the way right so yeah i'm i'm i very much hate playing the game i just want to do good work and put it out there and then that's that you know and the work's its own reward as such um yeah i've not once dm'd people asking for retweets which i get all the time like mm-hmm. no it's just not the thing and i've never cared about twitter followers or social media clock whatever you want to call it in fact i actually reduced the amount i was tweeting at one point so I, because i started to get more and more followers coming in at a, a rapid rate i was like okay i don't like this at all mm-hmm. and yeah i think it was maybe two three months ago or something i, I just I, I just thought well as, as people who are not as good as me like i'll put it that way i don't think i'm great but i mean there's people who are worse than me who are doing better than me in other other aspects of, of the job and, and career wise because they're mm-hmm. playing the game you know what I mean they're they're a bit like they're engaging on social media and they're and they're they're pushing themselves out there you know and I've, I've never been that way so yeah I just kind of thought right fuck it started using Twitter more um, I'm still working out the best way to do that because I, I don't care about my own opinions on some stuff so why are other people gonna do mm-hmm. it but I mean it, it is yeah. what it is um, yeah this podcast it's I, I don't know. I, I see. Okay. Bit of an example. Esports Journalist of the Year at Esports Awards, right? Richard deserves it, in my opinion. But there were some people on there that I don't think are as great as other people think. And, and I, I look at the common thread. They're all big on social media. They're all tweeting multiple times a day and engaging with other people. And uh, and you get to see their face quite a lot, like whether it's a selfie or they're doing video interviews or they're appearing on the SPN. I'm kind of outing myself here about people I'm on about. I, I'm not saying they're bad, but I don't think the sun shines out of their ass like like ass like other people do so i just thought mm. i'm just kind of thinking fuck it like there's no point in putting myself at a disadvantage um just mm. just because i can't be asked yeah. with it like and and if i'm if i'm if i'm producing good work and i'm putting myself out there then i'm, I'm doing the best i can and and i know i'll never look back and go oh i wish i did that because uh, who knows where i'd be you know 
So yeah, yeah it's, it's, but that's, it's a strange. Yeah, you realise the importance of it. It's painful. Like I, me and Phil are the same. Like he's been worse than I am. But I hate events like that really because it's kind of like you go, you don't know anybody. Like it was kind of like the esports inside. I think it's like you see people who are just gifted. They could just if two people could be having a conversation and they'll just have the brass neck or the confidence to just mark into that conversation and introduce themselves. Mm. Um, be like, I'm this guy, I work for this company. And that's networking ultimately. And it's like, you have to be careful how you do it, but I, I really dislike doing that side of it. And okay. I, like, I felt like we were kind of the same at the event, turned up, paid a lot of money to get there, sat on far right of the, the kind of venue. And I looked at Phil and I was like, we're not winning this tonight. Like, cause obviously we're naive enough to think that we wouldn't be given the nod ahead of time. Um, and it's you look around and then it was the same in our category like I think we kind of forced ourselves to be nominated because we like got the community behind us and we knew yeah. that there's none of the other people in our category would have as many people from all elements of the scene but particularly the kind of lower younger end of the scene who would yeah. take two minutes out of their life to actually vote for them so we kind of forced ourselves onto the list of nominees, but we didn't really think we had a great chance of winning when it came to it. And we saw who the panel was, who was judging, because ultimately those aren't guys that have ever had to use Hitmarker. They don't have any need to hire through Hitmarker because yeah. most of them weren't hiring managers as well. Um, and like in fairness to Loaded, uh, we hadn't just done like, what was it? One, two, three, four multi, multi million dollar deals to there you go. move people. And if you think about it from an esports perspective, um, and it's the same thing for the journalists that you just talked about. They're out there getting headlines, representing esports on a much bigger stage than me and you are. Who loaded? Uh, well, I mean, the people that they represent. Okay. Well, well, they, like, what, like Ninja and Courage? Yeah. Not even fucking esports, mate. It's bollocks. But, yeah. Not even esports. Yeah. Courage will commentate some, cast some things. Ninja will occasionally compete. Start, you know where Ninja it's, came it's, from, though. It's it's like yeah, yeah. He was a he was a decent Halo player. <laughs> like it's I it's not I esports though. Like, and then there's also a streamer uh, and content creator yeah, of the year award. It's all bollocks. Like, it's just like we need to keep. Well, it that's what, but that's what we're becoming, though, isn't it? It's like you have to be. We're going to become like an esports and gaming and streaming. Job yeah, I'm not going to like you lot very soon. I'm going to have a falling out with you in like the next three weeks or so. I can feel it coming as soon as you yeah. start tweeting. Like you, you tweet the very first game job, and that's we'll it. Make, mate. Yeah, we might have to split the social accounts. So it's kind of discussing how we're going to do that. Oh, basically. really? Oh, that's interesting. Because um, oh, there'd be like, 50 so tweets an hour, like. <laughs> Well, yeah, it would be. It's already ridiculous. We need to tweet less, if anything. Um, so it might be more of kind of a pick and choose what we tweet. We might split the social accounts up so that we aren't hitting an audience that aren't interested in the jobs that we're posting about. Um, yeah. But uh, it's just more management and maintenance. But yeah. So yeah, I do get your frustration, but I do again understand. Like the people who run the esports awards want people with large followings who are actively like pushing the scene forward from the yeah. front. Um, and I can't really deny that the journalists who are doing that, but give give yourself a year or two, keep pulling out these podcasts and get some better guests than me on, and you might have half a chance. Oh, you are you're, you're putting yourself down, mate. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, I've got 187 Twitter followers, mate. This isn't this one isn't gonna ban. No, but no, but it's not it's not about that anyway. And if anything, it's like it's. I, I don't care about the views. I, this is what I mean. I should. I should care about the views, but I don't at all. Like as long as I like, I have fun having the conversation, right? And you kind of people can learn a couple of things from it. Then that's that's the job for that's that's it for me. That's what this podcast is for, really. I'm yeah, for Google. Good. Get my name out there, you know. Get the good old SEO going. But no, so um, I've, I've got one more question. I'll, I'll let you go and and do more important business stuff. Um, so uh, what are the kind of trends that you've seen over the past year, like on, on like the job side of things? Yeah, it's a good question, and it has changed a lot. So uh, we've just, like, so last year, just the obvious one is the number of jobs, and it's not that we've got any better at finding jobs, though we've got, we have obviously had more people kind of signing up and posting than we had last year by far, but the scene has literally doubled in terms of the amount of jobs that are available. Um, so last year, we posted just over 5,000. A lot of them are shitty, kind of really poor quality volunteer roles, like the ones right. that we would reject these days. Um, not a lot of them, but it, I mean, a decent proportion, like 20% of them probably. Um, we don't post many of them now, and we just posted the 10,000th job uh, yesterday. Um, so we've already doubled last year, and the percentage of paid jobs is obviously going up and up and up, and that's partly because we do moderate a lot more heavily, but I do think it's because there are more full-time jobs available in the space, so that's good news for everybody. Yeah. Um, 
the location isn't changing much. If you want to look at location, it's still massively California centric, but that's largely because Blizzard, Twitch, or Activision Blizzard, Twitch, who are Amazon and Riot are like by far and away the three largest hiring companies in the space. And it's not even close and they're all headquartered there pretty much. So that's where all the jobs are going to be. Um, so location-wise, it's not changing much. UK isn't growing as fast as it could be, I don't think, and that's not going to go down well with some people, but it's the truth. Yeah. It's like the USA has grown significantly last year or this year. Um, even Germany and Sweden, Singapore's getting like some serious traction there now in terms of number of jobs. Canada's getting better, but still isn't great. Yeah. But the UK is still... Uh, so that's concern from my perspective. Um, the, the worrying thing is as well, although we'll have to do a good job on the back end of like separating the jobs, like when we move to gaming jobs, we'll have a lot more UK-based opportunities, but it's going to be a lot more game dev kind of uh, publisher-related stuff because there's a lot of that here. But you know as well that the esports senior still hasn't moved on much in the last 12 to 18 months, really. Oh, no, um, shit. And I think if anyone was to try and tell you different, then they probably aren't telling the truth, unfortunately. Um, of course. We, although we've got a vested interest in the whole scene looking like it's booming and everything, we try and be quite honest about it. Um, so the biggest trend in terms of the types of jobs available is that it's like every industry now, software developers are like massively, massively in demand. And it's the jobs that we get the fewest applications for through Hitmark. Right. Um, because if you're a, a good software developer, you're earning six figures, or you should be earning six figures comfortably. Yeah. Um, if you've got experience and you genuinely are good at what you do, and you aren't using a job where something like Hitmark to find those jobs, you're being headhunted. You've got a recruiter who does it for you and is working on your behalf. Um, but that, if you look across any industry, so software engineers come from relatively nowhere in 2018 to be far away the most active category on our site this year. Okay. Um, writing jobs. Are steady and you've probably seen because a lot of people have been laid off it's been a fairly tumultuous year for esports writing i would say yeah fuck um, up comma uh yeah um i just slipped that in there quickly fuck up comma I, I still haven't got over that yet that what they did there is atrocious and uh, but yeah like last year with cybersport i think it seems to be every six months or so like a publication shuts down a big one goes, yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's it's worrying um but it's just hard to monetize that's what i've had this conversation with people before and it's yeah. like we make like a sneeze in terms of revenue from the ads that we've uh, like very reluctantly shoehorned onto the website. So, and we get like half a million page views a month. I know that there's content websites out there now who aren't pulling in that kind of traffic. And yep. I just think if that's your business model, then fucking hell. Yeah, you need like, to have something else going on. Yeah, if you, if you can't, unless you're pulling in millions and millions of views um, and as much criticism as they'll get. Deserto have shown the way that um, yeah, we listened to them on Hex's podcast and they kind of explained how they've done it and all the shit that they get for the kind of website that they have. Um, but they've actually gone out and done it and pulled in the clicks that do drive the ad revenue and the sponsorship revenue. But it's a hard business model, man. And it's like some incumbents in the space that are going to be very hard to shift now. Um, so like raising venture capital money and coming in to start an esports publication, is it's just tr it's tricky. Yeah. Um, so I can understand why they failed. I don't think it's been on a lack of effort on a lot of people's parts, um, especially the people that were hired from within the space to try and lead it for people. Mm -hmm. um, it's a rough thing. So writing jobs haven't got any better, and that's and I hate saying that, but it's true. I think it's kind yeah. of like that's another area that's stagnated. But I think also though, when it comes to writers now, it's like a decently established pool of people, so they seem to bounce between. Um, between publications or publications exactly. seek them out so i know esi yeah. like we do um esports insider we do use hit marker but then occasionally i'll i'll find someone who's like just become available or something you know and, and speak to them directly that way because we don't maybe not necessarily looking for something but if somebody good comes up then you're going to go for it right opportunity yeah and that's again it comes back to network which is kind of like i guess the running theme of the conversation now yeah. it's like if you've spent the time to build up your network, connected with people who are in good positions, like you are now at Esports Insider, being like the editor there and being in charge of that kind of writing stuff, um, and you've been made to pay attention to someone, whether by they're doing good work or you've just seen the work, then that person is looking after themselves long term. And that's kind of the message I want to hammer home to anybody who's feeling like they've looked for esports jobs and they're really struggling. It's kind of like you've got to do something to separate yourself from the crowd. Without well, um, no. 
whether it's building your network or doing what you did and starting your own blog and making sure that you're getting in front of people. Or yeah. if you're a designer, like making stream packages and stuff for people who've actually got significant following in the hope that they'll pick it up or someone will pick it up and then you get kind of instant exposure based on that. Um, but it's another but buzzword. It's, the design space though, yeah, that's the one that I feel really bad for because there's so many really good designers in the space, like yeah. seriously gifted kids, majority like 16 to 20 who are really good graphic designers, but it's just so oversaturated with people who are like around the same level in terms of quality. Yeah. And there are so, so few genuinely solid, I mean, there's next to zero full-time pay grows for those kind of people. Um, yeah. And the freelance roles tend to be quite sketchy. Um, but yeah, trend, in general, it's positive. Like said, twice as many jobs. Pay jobs are on the increase. Um, would like to see the UK scene doing better, and would like to see journalism um, given like a chance or somebody trying to do something different in terms of model with that, um, just to try and break the mold a little bit. Yeah, I, I believe that there's a uh, publication coming in soon that's been um reaching out to people hasn't reached out to me strangely enough so obviously i'm not good enough but then they've reached out to some real shitters as well actually so maybe i'm just a real real shitter but the, <laughs> there's this um yeah there's a publication coming in soon i don't know who it's backed by or whatever but i mean they may try and do something different i believe they are doing or going to at least attempt it so it'll be interesting to see what happens there right i shall um i shall end this here thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me i appreciate it mate um, I know you don't like doing these things as a rule. Um, so, uh, how can people find you? If you want people to find you, how can they find you online? If not, then. Not me, I'm not bothered about Okay, Hitmarker then. All you'll get from me is retweets on Hitmarker stuff anyway. So, okay. at Hitmarker Jobs on Twitter, on TikTok now, amazingly, which I just can't believe. Fuck It's going to be a good source of traffic. Hey, man. You, you're on TikTok? Is it you just um, doing dancing and stuff, right? Or. No, we're just, it's going to be video soon, but at the minute it's just motion graphic stuff, but okay. it's actually doing all right. So it's absolute madness. <laughs> at HitMarketJobs on all the main social media channels and HitMarketJobs.com. And it's like, if you're hiring esports and you're not using us, it's totally free. So please just support another esports based company of course. and come and use the website. I'm sure you'll be impressed if you do. Yeah. And if you um, don't, then you are not, well. you are not welcome to follow me anywhere at by Adam Fitch. And you are not welcome to subscribe to my YouTube channel to get more of the Adam Fitch podcast. You are not welcome to do that if you don't use Hitmarker. Again, thank you, Rich. I appreciate it. Um, and everyone watching and listening, I will uh, catch you next time. Cheers.